Good morning and welcome to AC23, the podcast for the Arts Council of Greater Baton Rouge. I'm your host, Pam Bordelon, and joining me this morning are London Herring, who is the Visual Arts Director for the Arts Council, and we have Dennis Davis. He is a community artist of the Native... Native Village of Shishmaref, Alaska. That's it. That's why I didn't say that. (laughs) And also joining us from down home away is Chantel Carmadale. She is the Tribal Executive Secretary of Jean-Charles Choctaw Nation on the Isle of Dijon in down the home away. Welcome, guys. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us. So uh, what we're going to be talking about this morning is an ex- the current exhibit in the Shell Gallery here at the Cary Siraj Community Arts Center. It's called Preserving Our Place, and it takes a look at climate change and specifically what it is doing to the indigenous lands of your ancestors and Chantel's ancestors. So kind of how did this, we'll start with you, Dennis, how did this kind of come about? Well, it's, I was doing some work, well, I mean, I do a lot of stuff on social media about climate change, about our village in Chishmaref up in Alaska, and our good friend Elizabeth Morano is the one that linked us together. She was like, you want to partner with us and and start this uh, this whole project? And I was like, yeah, I'm down 100%. Whatever whatever I can do to help our people, it doesn't matter if it's in Shishmaraf, Alaska, or Hilda John Charles here in Louisiana. You know, we're all, we're all in this together. So sp- specifically, what what are you seeing? What is, what is climate change doing to your place you call home so climate change it's the the water's rising it's not freezing when it's supposed to it's uh it's not building that barrier of ice that protects our the front of our island so our line our island is basically washing away just like down in the in the bayou where you know they keep changing the channels and you know everything's basically washing away down there too Okay, so Chantel, can can kind of tell us what what you're seeing from your end and how you got got involved in this project? Yeah, so um, I have been doing advocacy work for our tribe probably since high school. My dad and uncle or um, chief and deputy deputy chief of the tribe, so I naturally just followed in suit with that. And part of that, um, for about the past 20 years has been dealing with our community eroding, basically um, losing land, losing people to um, from the, our native community, all due to different um, man-made and uh, just environmental changes. We've had um, continuous storms come through and actually take um, and flood homes, destroy homes, where people can't come back. So I've been doing a lot of that advocacy work um, and that dovetailed into our resettlement project that we are um, still actively working on moving um, about about 90% of um, tribal members off of the island into um, that have moved into a new safer community north. And um, so part of that work is just documenting and I've always loved um, taking pictures and documenting those things and just being a voice of our community. And that has um, 
connected me with folks from other other places and uh, Beth is a mutual friend of ours and she's like hey we're doing this project do you think it's something you'd be interested in uh, and I was like yes I, I think it's great way to just get our voice the voice us and our community out there that this is a real issue we have to face and it's not at some point it won't just be native communities that are dealing with this is going to reach further and further inland yeah and if we don't figure out a healthy solution to to what's going on we're going to lose more than just land we're going to lose whole cultures and whole ways of life that have not been properly documented from the community standpoint it might be documented from anthropologists and outside sources but documented from the people that are telling their own stories when you were talking dennis the first thing that popped into my mind was a commercial from back in the 70s it's not nice to fool mother nature (laughs) because she she will get she will get even with you and Mm -hmm. she doesn't she's not very unforgiving most of the time so probably more so at this stage of the game than than New Orleans or Baton Rouge, we're kind of isolated right now somewhat. So we're not washing away completely like like Chantel and her 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 tribe is. But to lose your just stop and think about losing your home mm-hmm. where your parents grew up, your grandparents grew up, where your roots are, that that's got to be traumatic. Mm-hmm. Don't you think? It's it's really scary to think about it. I mean, when every storm hits, you don't know. I mean, like in our our island's probably four miles long by a quarter mile wide, and it's a barrier sand barrier island, mm-hmm. and you don't know. I mean, it could be blowing sixty, seventy miles an hour, and the seas are six, seven, eight feet. Yeah. And if it gets above the the runway, then the runway's compromised and you can't fly out. The only way you can get out is by helicopter. So how are you going to transport, you know, seven, 800 people in a six-seater helicopter? Yeah, kind of hard to do that. Yeah, so it's, I mean, we're really remote and it can get really extreme really fast. Yeah. So London, um, how did the Arts Council become involved in this? Tell us how we, how we got there. <clears throat> so uh, whenever I started here with the Arts Council uh, in June, I had my eyes set on the January exhibition. I knew I wanted to raise voice for the indigenous people of America and whatnot. Um, so I started doing some research on, as we all know, Louisiana is a very unique relationship with the climate and the coast mm-hmm. and everything like that. So I thought that would probably be the perfect way to kind of segue into a conversation about sustainability, climate change, how it affects those that are here first, all of that. Um, And I found the Knowledge is Power online exhibit. And as I went through it and was clicking, I was just absolutely just blown away by the complete portfolio of all the photos, the, like, sincere sincere captions and descriptions of the process and everything that was happening, and I just knew that we really someone needed to tell the story on a much grander scale than just a website so i reached out to chantel 
found her email address, and thankfully she got back to me. I was very happy that she did. And, um, yeah, we have been coordinating literally since June, July about getting this exhibition here. And it's all come to fruition with Dennis and his wife arriving from Shishmaref on Saturday. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, it's, been a, it's been a journey for sure. But, yeah. So when I was first reading all the stuff that London gave me for press releases and whatever, I wrongfully assumed uh, that you and Chantel took all of the photographs, that you, you were the only two photographers that, that documented this stuff, but that's not true. Mm-hmm. So kind of how did you get the pictures that, that make up this exhibit? So <clears throat> all the ones that are basically of Shishref I shot. Okay. So it's just, it was just trying to just almost like tell a story with white pictures, like how, what's happening, trying to find the best, the best way to, to portray like what's, what's happening in Mm -hmm. a lighter way instead of a negative way, because that way people can understand a little bit more instead of just saying, oh, well, you know, what, what is this? It's just. You know, you see a lot of destruction, you see a lot of this, you see a lot of that, but it's like you want to see the best parts of it. Okay. But kind of mix it in instead of just all, you know, buildings dropping or yeah. land falling into the ocean. Okay. So how did you get started taking photographs? How long have you been doing that? So I've been doing drone work and, and uh, photography probably for about a little over 20 years. So. Okay. So I started off with the first iPhone, and that's one. <laughs> one actually, one of the pictures in the the exhibit is with an old iPhone wow. that I used. So didn't they start off with like iPhone two or iPhone three? I don't think they had iPhone. an iPhone. Did they ever have <laughs> just, just an iPhone, iPhone one? <laughs> they just had the iPhone that looked like the iPods, but mm-hmm. it's just a little bit thicker. But yeah. it was just yeah, that's what I used. Okay. So what do you shoot with now? I uh, have a. Canon 5D Mark III okay. is what I use now. Okay, it sounds a little more sophisticated. Just touch. <laughs> and but then the crazy thing is, is uh, I got the new iPhone 14 Pro Max, okay. and some things I I would rather use my phone instead of my big camera mm-hmm. because it shoots a lot better. Yeah. They've, they talk about come a long way, baby. Yeah. <laughs> technology. That technology has <clears throat> big time. Chantel, how did you um, tell me about the photographs? From your, your end of the spectrum, how did that kind of come about? So um, so we've had since the early 1900s, I mean very early, like 1903, we've had various people come to the island to document Native history. And um, for the most part, those people come and extract their information and and take their photos and leave and never come back. Yeah. And they go write a book or and write an article and that's considered history and documented history of the island. Um, rarely how we've had people come in and say, Look, I'd like to tell this help you tell your story and they use their talents and gift coupled with our voices and um, told the story, but told it in a way that we can still retain that information and it, us feel a part of it. Okay. So we've a couple of the um, photographers that are featured here have done that. 
they have come in and and sat with us on multiple occasions and listened and said, this is what I, um, this is what I see, or this is what I, I see tells your story. But they've also allowed the tribe to retain usage um, completely of the, of the photos. Okay. So, so do, do you take photographs at all yourself or you just accumulate no, there there are a few that are on mine in, that are printed up there, and I do have more that um, I just chose to hold back because um, the story, the story that I wanted to tell that I, I felt needed to be told are are the ones that are featured. But um, so so yeah, there there's one of the photos. Are, the photographers is Pete Mueller from. He does a lot of photos from National Geographic. And um, actually, several, a couple of those were featured in a National Geographic's article about uh, climate change and how the island um, is is at the middle of that source. But what's so important with these particular photographers is they allowed us to um, to really educate them on the story that needs to be told and not just them come in with their predetermined knowledge and then spit that back, right back out. So um, that's why they were chosen to, those particular photos were chosen to to allow that story to be told, that it's not just um, someone coming in and telling our story, it's us telling our own story because we see what we see in the story of climate change and the happenings of our communities is totally different from outside people coming in and studying or just coming to tell the quote unquote story of the house that fell in the in the sea or the house that was blown away from from a hurricane we see the families who are left um, after that and the trauma that they're dealing with that now they're away from their entire family and it's it's horrible trying to grow up um, from a personal experience from trying to grow up away from your entire family it um it's very traumatic we moved off the island when i was four um after a hurricane actually there's two storms in that same season danny and juan and we were we felt completely torn apart from our family because everybody else in our family lived um on the island or, or down the by as we call it mm-hmm. here um and so we were never treated the same way by our cousins because they looked at us as we felt we were better. We looked at them as, oh, my gosh, who are you and how are you living, still living down here? But we can't. So there's there's a whole different level of trauma. And so the, the lens that we look at things is totally different. And I felt like the the images that were captured that are featured in this um, exhibit capture some of that trauma, some of that understanding of it's not just climate change you read on paper, the oceans rising. These yeah. are real people being affected and real um, real faces and real lives that are being affected by this daily. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because you are an, a member of an indigenous tri- tri- tribe, and tribe being real important here that is that is your community that is what connects you so if you're disconnected from that you kind of 
got to feel like you flounder sometimes. That yes. you, you don't have that anchor to, that lets you, which is preserving our place, which mm-hmm. is the name of the exhibit. You don't have your place. Mm-hmm. You've, been, you've been displaced from your place. Right. Right. So that's really the, um, the idea behind this is, you know, we have a place and we want to preserve as much of it as we can while it's here. Not just our physical place our place in history, mm-hmm. our place in time, because I have kids that are coming up now and they have no idea of the culture and what it feels like to be connected to this place. So how can I make sure that we do, I do my my ancestors and my culture due diligence and pass that on to them? So this is a project that we feel... Um, can do that and that's something that we are we are expanding in our local in our community in our tribe to include videos it's going to have a whole library that they can a video of different things that we do basket weaving different aspects of our culture and our place our place like i said in history time everything physical place everything that we can try to pull and extract from our own standpoints, our elders, our elders' voices, and put in a place where they can experience that. Okay. Dennis, how, how would it impact <coughs> your tribe to lose their island? Well, that's basically crazy because our whole identity is on our island. You know, that's where we... We, I mean, it's our home. It's where we hunt, we fish, we gather. Mm-hmm. And to be, you know, moved to another place would be kind of devastating because then you would be conflicting with, I mean, we're all, we're all in this together. I mean, we're all, we've have, we have different places that we hunt, but then once you go, to another place, let's say like Kotzebue or Nome or something like that. And if we're to, to be moved there, then you'd be infringing on other people's lands, like, you know, their hunting lands. It's yeah. like, you don't, you know, in our culture, we don't take everything. We mm-hmm. try to keep, we just take enough. What you need. Just what we need, because it's all, we live basically a subsistence lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So if you take and put this, like, 800, seven to 800 people that's displaced to another community and trying to make it sustainable to where, you know, our kids and their kids can still live off the land or the ocean or anything like Mm -hmm. that. It's going to be hard because then you're, you're going to be taking a lot from the ocean and the land. Yeah. Just a trickle down effect. You're going to impact it from that way. Yep. So London, um, tell us a little bit about, uh, when people can come see the exhibit and what can they expect to see when they get here? All right. So uh, this exhibit is actually going to be up until February 24th. So you have plenty of time to come see it if you haven't already. The show itself is a combination of around 50 photos that are all, uh, they're all framed, matted, hung up on the wall. Uh, In addition to that, there's also some authentic uh, baskets that have been woven um, from Chantel's tribe and a number of other just hands-on 3D things that are not to be touched, but they do 
are in the uh, they're in the gallery. In addition to a dugout piro, uh, a bunch of oyster shells, Spanish moss, palmetto leaves. Okay. Classic. Okay. So you can uh, come by and check out that exhibit Monday through Friday from 8.30 to 4.30, and then Saturdays from 10 to 2 mm-hmm. here at the Cary Siraj Community Arts Center, and that address is 233 St. Ferdinand Street here in Baton Rouge. And you can also get some information on our website, which is arts, A-R-T-S-B-R dot org. We thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Dennis, and thank you, Chantel. For, for what you're doing and shining a light on, on something that's very, very real. And one day we'll touch all of us. So thank you. We hope you'll tune in next Sunday for AC23.